Okay, so whenever you're ready. Welcome back to another episode of Do The Woo Podcast, episode number 25. We're moving right along. Very excited. This week we have, or this show, we have two guests, which is uh, not not our typical setup, right, Bob? You got yeah. double header here. I like it. Yeah, twice the uh, um, pleasure. Twice the pleasure. I, I mean, twice <laughs> the, uh, well, we'll just get into it. So uh, yeah. we have... <laughs> As Patrick's covering his life. So we have Patrick Wallen back on the show. And Patrick was actually, some of you may remember, was on the show back in March, which as he uh, so appropriately put it, felt like a lifetime ago. <laughs> and he is back uh, to talk a little bit about Woo Sesh at a cool event coming up, as well as Brian R- Richards, uh, his partner in crime over there, Woo Sesh. So welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks, thanks for having us. <laughs> I got it first. I like it. You talk in unison. This is going to be a fun show. Um, So why don't you both just take a minute, anyone that maybe didn't catch the show you're on, Patrick and Brian, just to tell everybody quickly who you are and what you do, and then we'll dive right into it. So uh, my name is Patrick Rollins. I do a lot of e-commerce content for LinkedIn Learning. So if you go on LinkedIn Learning, formerly known as uh, lynda.com, I have like a ton of WooCommerce courses. I have a big commerce course, Shopify course. I basically talk about selling things online all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's kind of what I've been doing last year or in the previous episode, we chatted about Fright Thief and launching a physical product. And then this fall, uh, something that Brian and I started last year, we're going to be doing version two of Woosesh. So that's kind of the things that I'm working on. Yeah. Very cool. And how about and, you? Uh, so I run WPSessions.com, which uh, organizes WordSesh. Uh, Word Sesh EMEA is coming up on September 25. That's targeted for Europe, Middle East, and uh, Africa. Uh, and an extension from Word Sesh is essentially how WooSesh was born uh, because there were lots of requests for WooCommerce content, and I couldn't fit enough of it into one 10 hour event and also have all of the other things going on. Uh, and Patrick came along at the exact right moment and said, hey, let's have a dedicated event just for WooCommerce. And that has been my focus pretty much all year. These, these well, three events, because uh, WordSesh uh, is happening twice this year. A couple of busy guys. Uh, real quick, Patrick, with the LinkedIn Learning, I got to say, and I'm not, this isn't a sponsor, but I love LinkedIn Learning. Like we've been using it uh, internally at our uh, company web dev. And um, it's amazing how much, how many courses are out yeah. there? We're doing it from development to leadership to to anything, you yeah. know. And they're very high produced. Yes, um, it, they're just it's it's a it's a nice online learning system. I was a little bit hesitant at first, but yes. just kind of put that out there. If you haven't checked it out, LinkedIn Learning is a very uh, very valuable tool, especially for you know remote companies. In my opinion, it's a great learning tool. So, well, cool. Thank you. Not sponsored. I just like the service. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about it. So WooSesh, WordSesh, uh, many of you are probably familiar with WordSesh. It's been around for a number of years. I was involved early on the early days when it was a little bit maybe more Wild West, uh, <laughs> 24-hour online um, event. Brian has since, you've taken it over and run a few since then, uh, kind of reeled it back into a more sustainable <laughs> effort, I guess, yeah. maybe, way to put it. Um, why don't you kind of... Touch on just the idea of word sesh and woo sesh and just, you know, the overall goals of what you're you're accomplishing or, or working to accomplish over there. Yeah, perfect. So the the major thesis here is that physical conferences are expensive to run, expensive to attend, uh, and hard to get to, depending on where you live in the world. 
And a virtual event costs considerably less to organize and is available to everybody around the globe simultaneously. And as you said, WordSesh used to be 24 hours long, so it could hit every time zone. But that's a very complicated thing to coordinate and run. So I scaled it back to 12 hours, which is far simpler to run, um, but of course has the detriment of, well, now it's only really convenient for like half of the globe at any given moment, uh, which is how I spawned the next one, WordSesh EMEA. So it's offset, and that one's going to be scheduled better for people across Europe, Middle East, and Africa. Um, and there might even be a Word, WordSesh uh, APAC coming up for people in Asia and all the Pacific countries. We'll see. Uh, it's tricky, right? Uh, but, but the main driving goal here is to create an event in the case of WordSesh, for WordPress developers and business owners and professionals who use WordPress in their day-to-day lives um, to create an event that they can attend no matter where they are in the world. Uh, and with it being recorded, also no matter what their schedule is currently like. Better for everybody if they can attend live, but even if you miss the live event, good news, it is inherently recorded and you can catch it right afterwards. Uh, and then WooSesh is the exact same concept, but specifically for people who are building sites with WooCommerce. Uh, whether you are a store owner building your own store or a developer or an agency who is building stores for others. And WooSesh, because uh, WooCommerce encompasses such a huge demographic there of store builders, we have one day that's for everybody, whether you can write code or not. And then day two is just for people who work with code. And that's not to say that every talk on day two is about code, uh, but it is for people who work with code. Uh, or who run an agency, or who are otherwise building e-commerce sites for other people. Apparently, it's a lot easier to split it up like that online versus doing it in person because you have that flexibility of really targeting this day, second day, rather than somebody traveling all the way and going, hmm, Uh here I am stuck on this second day, and I'm just not quite sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I helped. Uh, so, a little bit, a little bit more backstory. I helped run all three WooConfs, which which WooCommerce did, and then Automatic did. So that was uh, San Francisco, Austin, and Seattle. And those were great. Those were in person events. We had really high quality speakers come in. But it's so tricky to find the right to ba- the right balance of talks, where because if you have a talk for developers, then what do all the people who can't write code do? It's just it, you have to either have all, you know, two tracks all day, every day, or, and then there's multiple talks going on at the same time that you can't attend. It's just very messy. It's just very hard to run a physical conference. So when WooCommerce uh, within Automatic decided they weren't going to do this conference, I said, hey, Brian, we got to do this. And I think the two days just makes it work really mm-hmm. well. So people can attend however many talks they want. Um, the, the one thing I just want to say is like, we're starting day one with like a, a keynote, Automatic is sponsoring the events and a couple of them are going to be speaking. Uh, and I think that brings everyone together. There's, so there's like this one sort of talk where everyone is there together. And then you just attend whatever talk is relevant for you. If there's a talk that's not relevant, check your email for an hour. You know what I mean? You're not trapped in a foreign city. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a challenge, I think, with any event around WordPress. Even local meetups is like the, WordPress is just such a wide user base and, and, and such wide interest within that user base that it's a challenge to you. I mean, I've run the the Philly WordPress meetup group for about a decade. And I mean, it's, 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 it's a, it's awesome. And it's challenging at the same time, right? Because you have people there that maybe all they care about is actually writing content um, or 
running a website or, you know, diving into like react based headless, you know, s- setups, which <laughs> like, it's just a massive spectrum. So it's a really big challenge, but you know, that's the reason I've always loved the idea of word sesh and these um, online conferences. I mean, I believe word sesh was the first um, WordPress focused online conference. Um, at least the first one that had any kind of traction. Yeah. Um, you know, that cause, yeah. cause you mentioned like being a part of it in real time, while if you haven't done it, you might question whether it does feel that kind of connection with the other attendees, but you actually do. Like there's a really active chat room. There's mm-hmm. side chats. There's, you know, Slack conversations and WordPress and, and post status and other places. Um, and it's, it's, it is fun participating live. I think more fun than I realized it would be. Um, and it's one of the reasons we enjoyed doing it for a number of years, even though the 24 hour thing was, was tough. <laughs> yeah. And I was wondering how, how successful yeah. or how do you feel about that part of it, the chat part of it? Because I know that was one of the, uh, benefits you brought to the table was, you know, this isn't just sit and look at the person talk. This is getting in and talk to other people. Um, how has that gone so far? And is there, you know, is it definitely something you feel that, Oh, a fair amount of the people that are attending are participating in. Yes, uh, it is. It is kind of a mess when it comes to a chat room that has multiple hundred people in it who are all trying to talk simultaneously. Um, we we had talked about um, having a separate standalone Slack team uh, or Discord or you know any of the other standalone chat things, so people could have their own one-on-one conversations, could spin up their own channels and and talk. Um, so sponsors, for example, could. Uh, sync up with people who wanted more information about a thing. And we're we're still exploring that idea. I think that is probably the best uh, with the one obvious downside is that you're only really going to use this thing during the event. And now you're in a, in a team, uh, some other chat thing that isn't really super relevant for most of the year. Maybe it would be that that's a surprise that I'd be uh, happy to see. But um, the, the benefit here is it engages you. Even if you're not participating in the chat, uh, you can see things that other people are saying. The chat helps influence what mm-hmm. is happening uh, on the stage with the speakers because either Patrick or I as hosts are are seeing what's being said and incorporating that in, or the speakers themselves sometimes are not paying attention to their slides, look at the chat and go, oh yeah, that's a good point. Here's this concept that I wasn't even going to get into, but I'm going to share with you all because I saw that. Um, and Which is one what of, sets it apart from just going to watch a, a you know YouTube video or a, yes a, a presentation on WordPress TV because there is that interactive element that still exists. You know, yeah. One of the biggest drawbacks to self-directed learning is that you can do it anytime, and what that means is usually it gets pushed off until later, and later is never now. We all, we all want to learn things aspirationally, which means we'll sign up for a course or we'll add a, a video to a playlist or add an article to a read later list and never come back around to it. But with a live event, you're forced to actually pay attention while it's happening. And it takes this aspirational action into a, well, I'm actually going to do it now, uh, which helps a ton. I think I love, um, one of the things I like about the chat is I think it, yeah, I think like if you're just watching like a webinar replay, it feels very hollow. Uh, it just feels empty and you, 
you don't even know you don't even know if you agree with them or whatever. But if someone says a really good point and then you see the chat go, oh my god, I totally agree, or hey, this is really good, and look at these other cool concepts, then I, it feels like even like I am more convinced of the speaker when I see other people talking about, oh yeah, here's his here's his the code repository for that project you mentioned, and it looks great. Um, stuff like that is really good, and I don't even think this happened at, at Woosash. But if someone does say something let's say technically incorrect, like they made a mistake or, or something and someone goes, oh, he mentioned this thing, it was actually this thing. Like you get instant feedback on if someone, someone has an opinion or, they, or they, have a, they make a mistake or they share something awesome, you just get instant feedback from everyone and you get to build on that. And then of course add your own two cents. Um, I, I really, really like that and appreciate that. And it, it keeps me engaged. Even if someone's going through some long technical thing that's hard to pay attention to, at least if other people are sharing examples or sharing where they struggled or, or how they uh, did, did something awesome with that technology, then I'm, it, it engages me on a whole different level. And just, uh, I think you mentioned earlier, um, the cost to entry, you know, WordCamps by and large are very inexpensive events for the ticket, but that only really works well for you if you're local in terms of the, the, the cost, right? So if you're coming from out of town, traveling to an event, then there's obviously travel time, travel costs, lodging, you know, food, um, things like that. So a, a $20 ticket, you're usually going to be in hundreds of dollars, if not, you know, five, $600 just for a one or two night trip to another city um, to, to experience this event where, you know, the WooSesh um, and WordSesh are, are by and large either very, very cheap or free. Um, in some cases. And, and for WooSesh that's coming up, has that been announced? If it's, is there a cost for the ticket? Is that something here? I didn't see anything on the website, so I'm guessing it hasn't been announced yet. But is that something you could share with us if there is a price and what it's going to be? So the price is a whopping $0. So you're, it's, it's going to really stretch your wallet. Uh, so Brian spent a lot of time this year working with sponsors to make sure that it is going to be free. So Brian and I started working on this in like February, March, like we've been spending a lot March, of time yeah. working on this project. And basically the, the sponsors are paying for the technology and then our time getting speakers together and prepping them and, and helping them get ready for this event. Um, so yeah. And we, speakers we time. And speakers time. Yep. That's awesome. So there's really no excuse not to attend, right? Mm -hmm. It's free. There's a wealth of knowledge, kind of pick and choose what interests you. If it doesn't interest you, like you said, Go, go off for an hour, do something, get back to work, whatever, then hop back on when the next show or the next presentation is on that, that catches your attention. Um, and everything's recorded, like you said. So once the, once the event's done, are the recordings are available? Is that under WP Sessions or is that under uh, some other spot? It is. Uh, so you'll be able to watch them on WP Sessions indefinitely. They'll be there forever. Um, but one thing that we've chatted about, and I only briefly, uh, and we haven't landed on it yet, but I, what I'd like to do is make the recordings free for a full 24 hours past when the session broadcast so that if you are on the opposite side of the world and it is just not a convenient time for you, you're not stuck missing this free content or having to stay up until 4 a.m. so that you can watch it. Um, and so it'll be free to show up and watch during the broadcast and for the next 24 hours. And then after that, anybody who wants to can go to WPSessions.com, become a member, and watch all of them, plus all of last year's, plus everything else that's on there. Love it. Love it. I mean, it's it's amazing to see this. Like I said, I think WordSesh was the original. There's been a few since then. But, I mean, online content is is amazing, especially a live conference like this. You know, it's a wealth of knowledge. So for the price tag of free, um, you kind of need to be there. <laughs> kind of need to check it out. 
<laughs> so, uh, and a little fun fact, we're actually just going down your list of speakers from last year and inviting them all to our show here. So <laughs> thanks, thanks for laying the groundwork for that. It makes yeah. it a lot easier. <laughs> Happy to do it for you. <laughs> you guys are really good speakers last year and uh, excited to see what you have cooking this year. So anything else you want to uh, touch on while we're, we're talking Woo Session, anything else you want to get out there that we didn't, didn't mention? So go sign up, right? WooSesh.com, punch in your email. You get all the relevant information to get a, uh, to get your ticket for the event October 9th and 10th. So crazy to say we're like, a, what, a month and a half out? Not mm-hmm. trying to be yeah. nervous or anything, but uh, it'll be here before you know it. <laughs> yep. So, we're getting ready to make our speaker announcement. Schedule will come sometime after that when we can figure out what's a good time for each speaker. Uh, but Patrick has been, uh, while well, I was working on collecting uh, sponsors, Patrick was working on uh, finding speakers. And we have a very impressive lineup again this year. I am personally excited to hear several of the talks that are going to be in the schedule. So I will, I will leave a teaser here. Um, you know in life how sometimes if you just ask people for what you want, they give it to you? I reached out to a company who I've been following for years. They have amazing data on e-commerce and UX and stuff like this. And I reached out to them going, they're probably not even going to answer me. This is probably going into a black hole. And within just one email, they're like, yep, we're in. I was like, oh, gr- uh, amazing. Great. I'm so glad I asked. Um, so I'm excited for some cool, for some cool big names to, to show up. That's awesome. We're looking forward to it. We'll definitely keep everyone uh, updated as, as the uh, speakers are announced and more information is revealed between now and the event. But definitely check it out, Woosesh. Dot com. Get your email in there so you don't forget, and they'll get you the relevant info to get to the event on event day. So I'm looking forward to that one. How about you, Bob? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, I I dappled in a little bit last time. I, I it's hard for me to my brain, you know, sitting that long. Uh, well, I won't even go there. But anyway, it's <laughs> yeah, it's it's great stuff, and I I um yeah, I, I'm looking forward to it for sure. Very cool. What do we got? Let's move on to some uh, topics of the week. There's this, there's this platform out there a um, few people use over the years called Tumblr. Have you guys heard of it? Nope. I have. Tumbling. It's a social network for people who like to tumble. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Very I, niche. It's very niche. You know, actually, I had to dust off my Tumblr account. I knew I had one. I had no idea if I'd ever actually done anything with it. <laughs> so I was very curious after the news of automatic uh, acquiring Tumblr, I was very curious to see if I had, you know, what I had posted. I was able to log in surprisingly and I hadn't posted anything. So it was pretty anticlimactic, but I do have an account um, with nothing. So automatic acquires Tumblr. I think that news has been out there. We've been talking about it, but what's, what's, what's the angle we're taking here, Bob? There's a, uh, there's an e-commerce angle, right? Yeah, there is. And I, I actually also wondered if I had a Tumblr account and I was looking through and I, so I went to set one up and the username Bob WP was taken and I thought, well, maybe I yeah, do or maybe I don't, but I could never retrieve it. So I just went ahead and opened another one in case I want to see anything. But uh, over on post status, I was reading through uh, Brian Krogsyard article on it, which was really a good article. And just going to read this one uh, probably in context because it's what I want anyone that has any of you three that have um any idea of what Tumblr really does, which I'm, like I said, I'm pretty foreign, but they, um, Matt Mulwig, uh, 
little quote in there. Tumblr is a very browser-heavy platform. The potential for e-commerce on such a platform could be significant. Matt said in the chat that he thinks e-commerce on Tumblr is a great idea. I can also see a world where Tumblr could be shaped into a primary mobile product, a more direct and more privacy-focused implementation of what Instagram is with a similar minimal interface. And I'm not much on Instagram either. So I, I would love to hear... Uh, I just e-commerce on Tumblr is a great idea. What what for those of you that are on either Instagram or you have some significant thoughts on this, I'd love to hear it. So, so um, I, I talk a lot about this in some of my in some of my LinkedIn learning courses. Um, Instagram is amazing. For, what Instagram does really well is they have in-context photos. So what that means is like you're at the gym, you take a, a selfie of you, you're wearing your brand's you know, workout clothing. You can tag your t-shirt. Here's the, the red gym t-shirt. Here's the red gym shorts. Here's the Nike black uh, sneakers. And people can see that it's like a, a um, buyable image. I forgot whatever it's called. And they can click on individual items in that photo and then buy them. So Instagram is the only platform that kind of does this really, really well. Um, and I think if Tumblr did something similar, they could rock that where it, like an in-context photo where it's a photo of your kitchen and then there, here's the table that costs $100 and the, the, the bowl on top that costs 20 and you can click on individual, individual items and, and add them to your cart and check out. The problem, the thing that's challenging is all these platforms that have like, so Pinterest had this for a while, they're called Bible pins and they got rid of them. Now it's just back to like you click and it takes you to a link uh, to the website to buy. Um, but the thing you have to figure out is Instagram has an incredibly simple shopping interface where you click, I want the red t-shirt, buy, and it like adds the cost of shipping and you buy it. I want the red pants, it adds the cost of shipping again, you have to buy it again. So you can't even like have a cart system. Um, so you have to almost redesign, restructure your shipping costs and all this up. You have to do a bunch of logistics to make it work for your company. So some companies do really well on Instagram. A lot of them only do okay. I think if Automatic, I think if Automatic does that in context thing and they have an integration with WooCommerce that's or not, or or something like WooCommerce that's perfect, it could be really cool. I just there's just a lot of stuff that has to go into it. Mm-hmm. Brian, does that make any sense? <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love the, the podcast. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, the hardest part, like you said, is, is finding the right mechanism to make it work. And uh, a platform that I think about often is Gumroad, which was created for other creators to just very easily, quickly set up a page to sell a thing. So I got I've made this thing. Now I want to sell it for a fixed price. Here you go, internet, come and buy it. And it has done exceptionally well over the years. I think an experience like that via Tumblr would be amazing. Uh, and it would empower tons more people to just use this quick posting thing to say, hey, by the way, I just made more of these things. Right. If you're a crafter, someone who sells things on Etsy, for example, mm. you can just sell those same things via your Tumblr. That'd be wild to see. I don't anticipate it being like a full-blown e-commerce store. That doesn't that doesn't feel like the right place to do something like that. But uh, a way to either, as you said, Patrick, uh, point people off-site, like, hey. Here's a photo. Here are all the things in that photo. You can go and buy them at at these places and I get an affiliate kickback from that. 
or a place where you can sell your own stuff and just make it really easy for someone to click, yeah, I want this. And they click buy, the transaction happens, you get your cut whenever the payouts happen. Uh, amazing. Really yeah, cool. And that, and that makes sense. And you're right, both of you, as far as, yeah, it wouldn't become a full-fledged e-commerce site because I think that might piss off a lot of Tumblr users right now or even in the future whenever it would happen. So it would be a an added integration, it seems like. So... Mm-hmm. So, anything, I think, Brad? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I concur. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think one of the challenges is like Tumblr is, it's had an interesting history the last 10 plus, what, 11 years or it's been around nine, 12 years, something like that. But it's it seems like its demographic is by and large is younger, um, you know, under 25, you know, and I think that presents a challenge, right? So the idea of selling something, a lot of different ways that could be implemented. I think the Instagram approach probably makes the most sense to keep that Tumblr experience, but I feel like the the audience is younger. So is that even going to work? Is it going to make sense? The under 25 crowd don't have a lot of disposable income, um, you know, or at least I sure as hell didn't when I was 25, you know? So I think it's, it's as much about the approach as it is the strategy of if that even makes sense for that platform based on their, you know, their, their current demographic. Now, I think we also have to keep in mind automatic, like just bought it like what a few weeks ago. So um, what it is today probably won't be exactly what it is a year or two from now. Um, I'm sure Matt has a long roadmap and vision of where he wants to take it. Um, and some things will probably change along the way. But um, yeah, I think the whole idea is you got to keep the experience that's familiar with the platform and Tumblr is, you know, to, to break out into like, here's a shopping cart and add a bunch of stuff to it like that. That would be weird. Um, it wouldn't, I don't feel like that would fit. Mm-hmm. Who knows? It's, uh, I guess we'll see. There's a lot of money to be made here <laughs> um, on a platform that's been kind of on the on the downswing. So mm. very curious to see the 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 moves they make and the, some of the bigger moves and how quickly they make them to to, to you know to address that. Exactly. And uh, let's see. Next thing on the list is uh, nothing uh, Earth moving, but uh, WooCommerce 3.7 recently came out. Uh, nothing, I, I don't know. I can't say nothing, nothing revved my engine. I don't know if any update really ever has revved my engine in any plugin, but a few new blocks, uh, a few other little tweaks. I'm sure you were all sitting on the edge of your chairs waiting for this to happen. And, uh, <laughs> you just can't wait to talk for hours on it. But, uh, uh, I don't know if there's anything that just, you particularly liked in this particular update? So I'm waiting for them to do something big. Uh, they, <laughs> so they they were supposed to add the new WooCommerce admin into the WooCommerce 3.7 release, and they punted it, which is frustrating because I recorded a LinkedIn learning course with them saying, hey, this is going to be added in WooCommerce 3.7. They said that for months. So like right before WooCommerce 3.7 came out, I was recording a new course showing the new admin, which by the way is really gorgeous. If you haven't yet, check out the WooCommerce admin feature plugin on, on uh, wordpress.org. It, it, it does really make the admin experience nicer. There's really cool reports in it. Uh, but I'm slightly frustrated <laughs> that, that I recorded the whole course and like a week or so before 3.7 came out, they're like, you know what, we're going to punt this. Uh, so I'm very excited for WooCommerce 3.8 when that new admin experience comes out. We'll remember that snippet there for when it comes out. Yeah. I might want to wait on that recording for 3.8. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> until yeah. it's official. Reminds me of Gutenberg when it came out. Nobody was ready, so everyone had to go back and mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the co- learning courses and stuff. People had to record, re-record some things very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the branded blocks is kind of cool. I could also see how that will be absolutely abused, but um, yeah. you know, on the surface of what you hope people are going to do, I think that oh. could be to help you know things uh, be found a little bit easier visually. Um, and a list of blocks that we know is going to get so big over time, mm-hmm. um, not just WooCommerce related, but just WordPress in general. Like that's going to be a very um, convoluted experience, I think, at some point because there's going when you have like a hundred blocks to sift through. You know, how do you really get to what you're looking for? Um, this might be a little bit of a way to help with that, or at least to start. So, you know, nothing groundbreaking like you said, Bob, but I think that's that's kind of cool. Just a little mm-hmm. UI visual enhancement there. Cool. And last but not least, I always have to throw in some uh, bigger picture post. Uh, came across one, how e-commerce boom crushes mall retailers one by one. We probably kind of already have seen this happening, but they had some interesting stats on this. It's on, let's see, what's this site? Wolfstreet.com. And... Basically, just kind of going through talking about the big brick and mortar that have already thrived online, but then also looking at some facts of around Best Buy and what they're doing with some of their stores and how many they're closing down. Um, any, any, uh, anything that you saw on this that makes you just think, ah, or any of these graphs on here that seem super impressive to you? This The story that I've been following for a little bit is about Walmart's e-commerce platform. Uh, Walmart has been pumping so much money into their e-commerce division um, that, they, that they are slowly, slowly getting a teensy bit of market, like oh, their market share and, and all online sales in the US is growing, but they have to spend so much money to do that. So I'm I'm just curious if long-term Walmart will keep pursuing that strategy because it, it, they are growing their market share, but you know, margins in e-commerce are not huge for, for big retailers like that. That um, I just don't know if they can keep doing it year after year because I think right now they're at what, 2.9%? No, there's a different number. I'll have to find it in this, in this article, but they're, they're a tiny fraction of all e-commerce sales. Amazon's like uh, a huge amount. Um, and I just don't know if they can keep pumping money into it until they tie Amazon. So I'm, that's the story I'm, I'm very eagerly following. I think the big differentiator there is um, Walmart has stores, you know, and I think that's the, like the immediateness of ordering is, is the biggest reason why brick and mortar um, can one up e-commerce at least today. And I know Amazon's working to mm-hmm. fix that with, or to go after that with one day shipping and, and eventually it'll be a lot of same day stuff, which you can do now. But the idea that I can order something online and then just drive down to Walmart or Target mm-hmm. and pick it up mm-hmm. uh, or anywhere like Home Depot, all these places do that now. And that, that immediateness of things that you need is, is it's going to take some time before e-commerce can really touch that, you know? So yeah. that's the biggest thing they got going for them. And they got to go all in on those online ordering things, which a lot of them are, like you said, but they're all playing catch up. So I've, uh, I've been thinking about this quite a bit, actually. I'm in the process of remodeling my basement, which I personally am doing, which means many transactions with the Home Depot. Uh, and they have, I think, one of the better uh, e-commerce presence of presences. 
their e-commerce presence is better among all of the other uh, physical stores. It's very easy to search for the thing you want, filter, sort, etc. cetera. Uh, it's very clear if this is available at the one near me or one that's still close by, if not that one. Um, and it's super convenient to be able to uh, pick out what I want and have it ready for me when I get there so I don't have to traverse the giant store. But also if I want to go and pick the things myself, it tells me exactly here's where it is in the physical store if you want to just go and grab it which I've thought is brilliant the whole time they've done that. And how many there are. So, you know, if there's only one, you got to like move. (laughs) Right. There's like 30. Um, On the opposite end uh, is Best Buy. And they're on my mind often because they share a parking lot with Home Depot near my house. And so I always see Best Buy on my way to Home Depot. And it has, it has caused me to wonder um, what, what their strategy is for the future. And I was thinking about this, particularly in light of same day delivery with Amazon. They are, it feels like to me, just like one bad week away from completely having to close up shop. Because if, if Amazon has same day delivery for all of the stuff that uh, Best Buy carries, it's a, a hard argument to say, well, why don't you come to our store and pay the same price, but also have to pick it out yourself. And uh, in particular, I've been curious about uh, like, they've got the, the geek squad where they will send people to your house with the thing that you bought to install it for you. I wonder, I would assume they have, but I wonder if they've had many conversations around what if we repurposed geek squad or, or um, supplanted geek squad with the ability to, provide same day delivery to customers. They buy something online. If they buy it before noon, let's say it'll get to them same day. If they buy it after noon, it'll come to them tomorrow. Uh, and I realize there are tons of logistics that uh, come with delivering things, but that seems like a solvable problem, uh, a much more solvable problem than how do we stop ourselves from going out of business when it is, oh no, we're, we're past the cliff and it's too late. Um, and then in particular, bringing it back to the article that you mentioned, Bob, um, the, the mall stores versus e-commerce sales, there's a graph at the very end of the article that I thought was interesting. Um, mall stores continue to sell tons and tons of merchandise and many of them continue to thrive even as e-commerce grows. But it's just a, a specific segment of mall stores and and physical retailers that are going under. And those are the ones who are selling entertainment things, music, video games, movies, et cetera, where it's just way easier to buy digitally or buy from a store who will deliver it to you than go to the mall and get it. Um, So Best Buy falls squarely in the, oh no, region when it comes to the the kinds of stores that e-commerce is swallowing whole. Yeah, I mean, this this list of top 10 uh, e-commerce retailers, I would, even though Best Buy is sitting at number six, I, I would agree. I would say they're probably the most likely to not be here in five years, you know, for that very reason, because it's electronics. You know, I got a I got $100 Best Buy gift card for my birthday. And I used to always love Best Buy, right? I get gift cards, go there, get a game or get something. I was like, I don't even know what I want. Like, I don't, there's nothing I want there. Uh, I ended up buying a carpet cleaner. Can you believe that? Like that, that really shows my age that I got a, took my gift card for my birthday and bought a carpet cleaner from Best Buy. And I was very excited about it, you know, because I'm like, I don't need those electronics. I can get them. I get all that on Amazon and it comes very, very quickly. So 
But you're right. That chart at the bottom is interesting. I don't know about you guys, but malls around me in the Philadelphia area are still very busy. They still do very well. Like a lot of people still like to go and window shop and, you know, clothing is another biggie because mm-hmm. I, I'm not comfortable buying clothes online unless it's just a simple mm-hmm. t-shirt or something. You know, I want to go to a store and try it on and and, and see. And, and maybe I don't even know what I want because I'm a terrible about shopping about clothes. I don't know what I want until mm-hmm. I see it. So I think there'll always be a place for malls. They're just going to evolve a little bit. And, and it probably depends on the area of where you live and, and things like that. But um, yes, so there's this. So malls have a rating system. Um, here's, here's, the, here's the long and short of it. If your mall has an Apple store, it's probably an A-rated mall and your mall is going to do great for a long period of time. Because then like, the, then like Tesla, so in the mall near me, uh, which is Cherry Creek here in Denver, there's an Apple store, there's a Tesla store, there's a Peloton store, there's like all these super nice luxury brands. They do very well in those malls. The, the, where people talk about mall closures, they're all in small rural areas. So the, as a good example, I used to live in Green Bay. There's this mall on the east side of Green Bay. And that mall is like not, at least the last time I was there, it was not doing well. There were a lot, like there weren't, there weren't stores you recognized. And I, I, that I think is where this retail, you know, if people talk about the retail apocalypse, that's where that's coming from. It's the malls and these really small, smaller rural areas that don't, they just, people have jobs, but they don't have high paying jobs. Like in, like in downtown Denver, there are a lot of high paying jobs that can support malls and, and retail stores. I hope they don't go away. I mean, I'll just leave it at this. I, I, you know, my son's three he's almost four now. And I was actually talking to my wife about how when we were kids, like Friday night was fun. We'd go to the video store, you walk around, you don't really know what you want. Your parents allow you to pick out like a video game or something. It's exciting. You don't even know what the game's going to be like. Cause all you can look at is the box. Um, and that was like, yeah, you know, I'm sure all of you had a childhood like that, right? Where, you know, it was fun to just go browse and not really know what you want and, and mm-hmm. kind of figure it out with your family and your friends. Um, and obviously on the video side, that ship has sailed long, long, you know, a while now. Um, but I hope we don't lose that. I hope we don't turn into a, a culture where everything is just online and there's no actual place to go to, to look at stuff. I know that's way out if that's ever going to happen, but, um, it's obviously trending in that direction where everything's online. We never have to leave our houses. And I still think there's something about being out there and seeing things and experiencing it, especially with like, you know, kids, um, it's still, it's still fun. So Hopefully we don't lose that. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There's still one blockbuster left, so we could go there. <laughs> or <laughs> Oregon. It's out by you, Bob. It's in Oregon, I think. Oh, really? Oh, geez. Yeah, I'll, I'll drive there for that. You know, I went to, just real quickly, I went to Best Buy, actually, when we bought our new TV, because it was the, as far as pricing, and it was the closest. Since we're way over on the coast, we had to drive uh 40 miles to get to it or so, but it was the only reason I went there was because I wanted to ask some questions about some specific TVs. And when I walked in there, it was like, well, yeah, I remember what Best Buy looked like now that I'm in here, but it wasn't, it was, it was kind of weird. And it was, I, I think it was a Sunday and there was absolutely hardly anybody in the store. You know, they were more than happy. I We had all sorts of people. They were calling people left and right that knew different things about stuff. And I thought, oh, I guess everybody in here doesn't have anything to do right now because we've got like five salespeople here that are helping us. So it was, um, but that one instance, you know, that and, and that was based on where we lived. So it really is interesting to see where this is going. And yeah, I, I grew up in malls. I mean, I'm, you know, a little bit older than most of you and stuff. And I used to, we used to spend 
I, I swear it was days in malls. If were you, like you, you were a yeah. mall rat, weren't you, Bob? Yeah, yeah. I'd sit in the car. You know, I'd go over to the where I, I love putting car, the little plastic car models. I don't even know if they have them anymore that you actually had to glue them together. Man, that was the greatest thing, just sitting and looking at the boxes of those and picking those out and stuff. And yeah, I can imagine buying that online would really suck now. So. <laughs> Very cool. Well, let's wrap it up. This is a great show, guys. Definitely appreciate joining. Um, why don't you quickly just tell people uh, anything you got going on, but obviously Woo Sesh is coming up, but anything beyond that and where they can find you online. Patrick? You're muted. Sounds like you're saying something really important. I just <laughs> answered, or I just said the ultimate question uh, for life. So the answer is 42. I just shared the ultimate question, but I was muted. Sorry. Um, yeah, so my, uh, Woo Sesh is coming up and then you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at BF trick. Um, is there anything else I want to share? No, that's it. Just Woo Sesh and uh, chat with me on Twitter. Awesome. Brian. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say the same, except I also have word sesh coming up two weeks prior to Woo Sesh. So go to wordsesh.com if you want to go to a WordPress development conference or go to wooseshcom if you want to go to a WooCommerce focused conference. And on Twitter, I am risen, but it's spelled R-Z-E-N because I don't know how to spell. <laughs> <laughs> very cool. Very cool. Bob, what about you? Anything coming up? Oh, nothing coming up. Just a couple bird camps in the fall and that's about it. But, you know, I might meander to that. Um, that uh, Woosesh too, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be there for Woosesh. Uh, WordCamp US is looking more likely by the day that I'll end up there as well. Um, and Pressnomics is right around the corner next month. So uh, you can definitely find me, Williams BA, on Twitter. And lastly, we want to make sure we get our promo out here. So again, it's 33% off six months of WooCommerce managed hosting over at Liquid Web. Use the uh, code Bob-WP. So 33% off for six months. That's a pretty good deal. Definitely get on that with you can. Um, anything else, Bob? Nope, I think that's it. I think we're good to go. Appreciate um, having Brian Patrick on and uh, talking about all sorts of stuff, woo and non-woo. And um, yeah, good times. Yeah, great show. Thanks again, gentlemen. Best of luck Thank with you. the event. We'll be there uh, judging um, and talking about you. So uh, have fun. And Perfect. everybody, we will see you uh, in a couple weeks on the next episode of Do the Woo. No pressure, guys. No pressure. <laughs> I love being talked about and judged. <laughs> I like judging, so. Oh, 